So management is amazing too, because you, you use none of your own money, but somebody with the property has to trust you, sure. right? You need trust. So if you have someone in your life with a property and they trust you and like you, manage it for them. Everybody wanna get the bag, but y'all really know what it's gonna take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue gems, gotta show you the way. Cause we top finance and amortizing and anything it takes to get real estate. We've been grinding up there, finding ways to get paid. Better hop on this web, cause we're dropping blue gems. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. Let's go. We are here live in Las Vegas for the Blue Gems podcast. We have here Noah Hoffman. We just attended the uh, Clever Summit out here. So we're very excited to talk to the Airbnb king. He really is the Airbnb king, man. You are just crushing it, bro. Tell us a little bit about how you got started into real estate and then like why you chose specifically short-term rentals. Man, thank you guys. I want to thank you both for um, having me on here. And um, I look up to you guys and want to, you know, emulate you. I want to follow you. I want to, you know, we all learn from each other. So that's the way, man. Likewise, bro. Feelings are 100% mutual. We look up to you, bro. We want to, you know, let's do it together for sure. Amazing. Um, So um, I think how it all started, even as a a kid, I was always entrepreneurial, didn't um, follow rules very good in school. Um, (laughs) Always kind of wanted to do my own thing. Um, But, um, you know, um, so as far as like getting into real estate, um, you know, my first real estate mentor, um, he was just, a, um, I met a guy and he owned a bunch of rental properties in Berkeley, California. And, um, and I wanted to learn from him and he was a nice guy, but he wasn't able to teach me how to become an investor because, you know, the way he started was with an inheritance and he mm-hmm. was investing in properties, flipping properties. And, you know, he needed, he needed carpenters, you know, he needed, um, plumbers. He didn't need me really, but like I, you know, I hung around him. I helped him out. I ran errands for him. And then one day he had an, uh, a vacant studio come up and I had just, um, this was back in 2012 and my sister had just recently been married and I had an uncle fly in from Philadelphia and he says, Oh, my daughter bought me an Airbnb to stay in, in San Francisco. I'm like, what's that? He told me what it was. It's just intrigued me. I don't know why. I just dug in and started like reading about it. And I was like, I like the idea. What year was this? This was 2012. Okay. 2012. Wow. Yeah. Early adopter. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so Airbnb was, um, you know, started in 2008. So by 2012, it had been, you know, spreading across the Bay area pretty well. I don't probably other States also, yeah. um, for sure. But, um, but still pretty early, but, um, you know, so my, my friend had this vacant studio, he was like, I don't know what to do with the studio because there are some, um, maybe some permitting issues. I don't know if I want to put a long-term tenant in here. What do you think I should do? I said, let's put it on um, Airbnb and let me manage it for you. Wow. Um, he said, okay, let's do it. We went, picked out some furniture and um, I, I put it online. It was really easy. And then guests started coming and just never stopped coming. <laughs> wow. That's a great story, man, because I think a lot of us, at least for myself, Aiden, you know, we didn't get into it until it, it was already booming. You know, right. we, it, we already had enough people, enough gurus, enough people that are teaching us that, you know, Airbnb and short term rentals is the way. So for you to be such an early adopter, man, kudos for you. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Um, thank you. And, um, and it, and I, and like every year I keep thinking, wow, like Airbnb is really big now. And I've been thinking that for years. <laughs> right. So it's like, we're still early. Yeah. Still. Yeah. So like true. we're, like we're still early in a certain respect. Like the whole world is not short term yet. Very true. But, and so it's like, um, the 12 month lease with no furniture, no utilities, like, like that's an old model. And the, the world is going to keep transforming into this, like, um, um, this bundled model, right? So it's like more and more people are going to want to rent places furnished. Um, I think it's going to continue to grow. It's yeah. gonna, and it might be 30-day minimum someplace. Especially with, you know, individuals are able to work from home now. You know, it's gaining even more and more popularity. I, it's starting to become like a way of life where I know a lot of high up execs and, and CEOs, uh, maybe they're single or they're empty nesters. They're just traveling and it's a way of life now. You know, right. they live three months in Boston, three months in San Antonio, three months in San Francisco. They're just bouncing around and they don't have a home base anymore. So, yeah. Right. And just like um, the, the founder of Uber said, you know, people and everybody knows like you don't need to own a car in a lot of cities. And Brian Chesky from Airbnb also said, like, people are not going to need to own homes or even rent homes on a yearly model in, in the future. Like, it's going to continue to grow. COVID nice. changed that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much accelerated what we kind of already knew. Mm -hmm. Because pre-COVID, people didn't really know they could work from anywhere in the world. But now that event happens and it's becoming the new norm. One um, business um, teacher once said something really simple that, that stuck with me. He said, all businesses is bundling and unbundling services, right? Bundling and unbundling. Like you take, you can buy food from a, um, a farm or Costco or a grocery store or a restaurant. It's just bundling more services and products and services. So that's all this is, is um, bundling everything for convenience. Yeah, that makes sense. Love it. So talk to us a little bit about where your portfolio is now. I mean, you know, are you managing some? Do you have arbitrage? Do you own them all? How's that portfolio looking? Um, so right now I'm managing close to 60 units. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, See? 60, yeah the Airbnb king. That's why they call you that, bro. The That's king. amazing. In, um, in a, across about 10 states. Okay. In about five time zones, right? So from, you know, Hawaii, California, um, Mountain Time, um, Central, and East Coast, Dang. right? Um, and so I own or I'm a part owner in about um 20 doors now okay. and um not all of them are live yet but okay. we have um a lot of new properties coming on soon after renovations very cool man so 50 and, and, I, and i arbitrage four right now okay mm. so you're at like what 74 something like that total no total is is total total is um yeah. under 60. okay under, okay under total the, the whole portfolio yeah. gotcha wow. wow that's how do you, so I assume, you know, you're not the one that's, you know, speaking to the guests and, you know, hiring the cleaners and the handymen. You probably have a pretty good team underneath you now. Yeah. So in, um, in 2020, I did my first wholesale deal, which changed my life, right? Okay. I made, um, $97,000 on one deal. On a wholesale wow. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and that was my half, right? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't close the deal. I didn't sell the deal. Wow. Right? Um, and so that day I was like, I need to start delegating. Yeah. I was like, damn Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, but let me, I, I don't let, like, let, like slow down. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Sure. I need to learn how to delegate yeah. better. And that was when I hired my first VA. But even before the VA, like automation 
saved my life a few years earlier when I started using different automation tools, right? That like, but I, so I was doing everything myself up until about 30 units wow. um, for like eight years, wow. around eight years, maybe. And then, um, that's a long time. Yeah. So I was basically like a fireman, like my phone's always on Yeah. everywhere. Like, like I was in, I was on a vacation with my family in Mexico a couple of years ago. And we like went out on a boat, like to go snorkeling, like near some little Island, like, um, near, um, Puerto Vallarta somewhere. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, I just remember like, I'm let me bring my, like, there's no service on the, out there, but let me bring my phone to take some pictures. Sure. Um, and then I like I was I jumped out the boat I was like snorkeling around and um, and my phone rang I didn't think I even had service but the guy was on the boat was like hey it's your phone do you want it I was like sure I swam to the boat and like someone's like um, the code's not working to the door Can you Man. give me the code and so I was like oh try this other code and then I was like I need to something needs to change <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like, can't be on vacation doing that yeah right. in the ocean that's crazy yeah. yeah I've actually been to Puerto Vallarta as well so. I wonder what, what island you were at. And that's so, beautiful out there. So actually, um, we were at the Four Seasons down in Punta Mita, okay. which is like 45 minutes from Puerto Vallarta. Um, my wife used to work at the Four Seasons Hotel, and the founder of that hotel wrote a book. And, um, and, it was, um, and so that's kind of inspired me in a way, too. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they've always competed with the Ritz-Carlton. Okay. And it's one of the most amazing hotel brands in the world. And... You know, I kind of his story was hotels, hotel business he started in kind of like a, um, a, a D plus C minus neighborhood in Canada. He was he was a, he started as a contractor building hotels. Then he made he got bigger and bigger partners. He was building one in London with a well-established partner and they were able to get the Queen of England to come to their grand mm. opening. Mm. So then it raised the standards super high. Right. Yeah. They got the royal family coming and that was his new standard. And so now, like, it became, like, Michael Jackson's favorite hotel, all these celebrities. And um, my wife told me that after every room is cleaned, two managers inspect the rooms. Wow. Right? Wow. And, um, and I was like, that's, that's what I want for my short-term rentals. I need people to inspect it after the cleaners. Very finish. cool. So um, I started creating something I call a hospitality inspector. You know, um, people that I hire in every city to inspect the properties after the cleaners are finished. Because... Um, you know, most people rely on cleaners and cleaners do great most of the time, but I just want to make sure, cause it used to be me when all the properties were local, it used to be me. And then I would notice what the cleaners would miss. And it's not about blame. It's just about, you know, helping each other out and picking up. So, so yeah, speak to that a little bit. Cause I mean, it's pretty interesting. I don't hear a lot of Airbnb hosts, it's a new concept for me. Yeah. At, you know, integrating something like that and like, how do you pay them? How are they compensated? Um, do they go after every single clean? Uh, speak right. a little bit about that. That's so, pretty interesting. So it's, it's, it's still a goal I have to implement everywhere. Okay. I haven't been able to. So like I've hired one of, um, in one cities where I have 10, 10 units, for example, I, you know, I hired, um, one young guy. So it was a, a property I bought in 2020 and, the. The gardener, it was a 21-year-old guy, young guy, him and his dad were the gardeners, and I inherited the gardener from the, when I bought the property, and he was like really interested in learning about real estate, and I was like, well, let me, you know, pay you to do other errands for me also around, around these properties besides the gardening work, and that was one of the, he was the first guy I had doing it, so I would have him, I taught him how to upload videos straight to YouTube instead of like trying to text me videos, because you can't text long videos. Sure. 
So like I like created like little instructions for people to just upload direct to YouTube and walk through and, and look at everything from the baseboards to the ceilings, like the windows, look in the window jams, just like test everything, make sure everything's working. Just like a, you know, in even a even a 10 minute walkthrough, you could catch something. Yeah. Like is are there like look behind the toilet? Has it been cleaned? Like um the window sills, like garbage in the garbage can house cleaner might forget to take the garbage out so yeah. he was the first guy hired to do these inspections and it ha but then he got busier so he hasn't been able to be consistent with it so i'm still working on um building this out but what i you know my idea was kind of like a dollar a minute right so 30 dollars for 30 minute a 30 minute inspection so kind of like a like an uber driver right like it's just on call work if i have two or three people available you know they don't have to do it every time maybe it's not after every cleaning maybe it's after two or three of them but it, it'll be built to the owner and it'll help their reviews in the long run right so it'll pay for itself the quality control really smart i yeah. love that we're doing pay something similar um in orlando basically what we're trying to do you know um andres in uh, central florida yeah Marsardo, mm -hmm. um, basically what we're doing is um just like we we have lawn care every week Right. Every Tuesday, the lawn is serviced, cut, you know, mowed, all that stuff. Every Wednesday, we have a pool technician come in and, you know, balance the pool. Just every single week, it's, you know, on the calendar. We're doing that with maintenance now. So we're, we're trying to take preventative measure, measures. They come in every Monday. They come in, they, you know, walk around the house, make sure that the smoke detector has batteries, make sure the ring doorbell cameras working, make sure that all the doors are working, you know, snake all the drains. And we just pay them, um, you know, by the hour, they do one full hour per week and we pay them $50 a week. So $200 to the owner, but we're barely having any problems now, mm -hmm. you know? So it's still new, but it's, it's very it. similar. Yeah, yeah it, right. it is worth it for sure. Cause, Cause I tell people, a lot of times I have to explain to owners, like, like the biggest expense are guest refunds. Yep. Right. right. That's like, and that's something that's, people don't talk about you just can't have that yeah, yeah. it really eats up your you know, plus your revenue. reputation too yeah. right you can't have a bad review that's yeah. gonna you know negatively impact future bookings so yeah 100 percent. so um you're just crushing it man 60 doors already um what's your future goals like you know what's the end goal what are you most excited about um, well so I'm, I'm equally excited so, so i look at management as like my day job right um so, you know, so besides, you know, we have our um, virtual assistants who most of have, you know, Airbnb experience. They used to because, you know, um, Airbnb has a lot of call centers in, in Manila, right? right? Or they have at least one big one outsourced. And so some of my VAs come from, you know, have experience at Airbnb. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so That's that smart. was. Yeah, really smart. That was amazing. Like, like they got it. You want experience? They got it. They got yeah. they, they They have like. So how did you find them though? Yeah, I'm like, interested in I, that. I, I found them on um, so there's Upwork, onlinejobs.ph, for example. Just just you know just um, looking for virtual assistants in the Philippines, and you say you're looking for Airbnb experience or short term rental, and um, some of them were like case managers, um, you know you you know who who would um, handle claims things like that. So they know how to take care of claims, and and one of my other um, VAs has not worked at Airbnb, but she worked for um, other short-term rental managers gotcha. with lots of experience, you know, so they're, they're amazing. And, um, I hired a full-time, um, maintenance coordinator. Um, so wow. this is, I wanted to, I tried someone in the Philippines, but I decided I wanted someone in the United States who had experience 
with building repairs. Someone who could help troubleshoot on the phone instead of just sending the guy, you know, they might better tell the guest, you know, try the breaker on the left or whatever it is. Like instead of just sending someone every single time, I wanted someone with some experience. So every maintenance call will go through him. Um, and then I got um, a full-time bookkeeper. So how many people total on your team is that? So, well, right now we're actually, um, we're at um, four VAs looking for a fifth. Um, I, I might end up settling at six. Um, so we can have, we want two on at the same time um, during peak hours because um, they get busy. So my VAs also do stuff that's besides management. They're also helping me kind of launch new properties, get utilities turned on, getting water, electricity, things like that on. Um, so they know how to do that. Um, lots of other stuff. They know how to also work with um, finding, sourcing appliances, you know, furniture, talking with repair guys also. So, I, you know, I, I've had one guy on. I never had 24-hour support yet, but um, but I probably will in the next few months just because I already have um, right now 6 a.m. till midnight Pacific time. Um, but, um, you know, one more shift and we'll be 24 hours. Love it, love it. You talk about, you know, your VAs are able to like turn on utilities. I know that's a, <laughs> you don't think it's like that difficult, but when you're scaling, you know, even utilities starts to be, you know, pretty tedious. That's, so, that's super cool that you're using VAs. Um, as far as them finding and sourcing furniture, where are you guys mainly buying? Um, so, um, like, so, so when we need something replaced quickly, like Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace, yeah. Um, and part of it is just because we needed, we, you know, we want it today rather than, um, you know, something that's going to take a couple of weeks. Um, but so also, I've also um, been working with, um, you know, we've been experimenting with some remote setups, like 95% remote. So we have um, a young woman, Adri and Melissa, they've been helping us with, um, um, so what we do is we'll send in a 3D Matterport, like a walkthrough, 3D walkthrough, and they will design the property um, and build a shopping cart on Amazon and um, find a local storage facility that accepts deliveries. I didn't know such things existed. Yeah, same. Like I, like I thought about it a year ago, but like I called one place, they're like, no. <laughs> but they like, they pushed through and they found places in Florida in Gainesville, Florida, in, in Atlanta, in Baltimore, right? Um, in, in Lansing, Michigan. Like these are where we see they've set up five properties 100% through these 3D, cause you know, with the 3D walkthrough, you can measure walls, you know, see how, what the size of furniture you need. Like you can put king size in this room, queen size in that room. Um, and that's the, one of the best tools is you can measure, you know, you can measure the walls, the size, they're buying the art, the decor, everything. Everything on Amazon and Walmart, basically, have it all delivered into the storage, and then the guys at the, who accept it at the storage they'll like take a picture of the packages for us. Love it, love it. Wow. So I'm gonna pivot just a little bit. I'm curious, out of all the experience that you've had, you know, since 2012, I mean, it's a decade in the game, basically. What is the one thing that you can attribute to your success that you've, um, you know, implemented in Airbnb that has taken it to the next level? Like if you could just pick one thing. I mean, so like as far as like a, um, a personality trait would be like, well, like being available. Like I tell, like I tell new people, obviously people who are nervous, who haven't done it, they, they like the fear is stops them. 
of the unknown, fear of the of of three steps down the line or good point. But um so I tell them, look, like I started with no experience. You can start with no experience also, but it doesn't have to be no experience. You could take everything that you learned from other people um, and um, and just be available. Just someone has to be available for emergencies. It's not rocket science. You know, if the toilet's clogged, call a plumber or get a plunger, save some money, like something, you know, just common sense, like just be available. That's all you have to do. That's the one requirement is be available. And that's, you can start doing, you can start hosting Airbnbs just uh, with that. And then there's a uh, hundred and one things to help you make more money, help you save money, help you do better. Um, recently, um, I, we started um, um, sending, you know, because um, they do the, Airbnb has double blind review requests. My good friend, um, Kyle, he's writing a good review to a guest and screenshotting it and sending it to the guests. Like here, we wrote you a good review. We hope you can do the same for us. Wow. Because like, they don't know if you wrote them a good review or not. Cause you can't, you don't know until 14 days. Right, it's unknown. Right. That's a gem. Yeah, that's definitely a blue gem. So we, sure. we've started, we implemented that about a month ago and our, our reviews are picking up. You're sending it right through the Airbnb app? Yeah, just a photo. Like here's your good review. Wow. And then what do you use for pricing? Are you self-managing all of the pricing or using dynamic? Tools. Yes. Um, I, I, I used Beyond Pricing for several years and then um, moved to Price Labs. Um, Price Labs is a lot cheaper. Um, so if you have over 20 units, then it's $7 a month per unit. But, um, but also, the, but I'm not doing it to save money because um, one of my friends still thinks Beyond Pricing might be better, but, um, which charges 1%. Um, but, um, but I like the customizations in, uh, in price labs, you know, you can do different date restrictions and, and orphan nights, discounts and things like that. Yeah, there's a lot of rule sets and it's pretty comprehensive from a price labs perspective yeah. for sure. So like, like last minute, um, discounts, last minute, um, minimum stay requirements. So what I've done is, um, I do, um, a 50% discount and they call it a gradual discount spread over seven days. So it's like today's date is 50% off if today's open. Tomorrow's is like 40% off and it, it reduces over the next week. Super smart. So I know that you alluded to implementing a lot of automation and price labs is one. What are some other things that you've you know, integrated into your business to basically automate things? Well, the first big one was Smart B&B, now called Hospitable, right? And that one was amazing because... Not only did it send automated messages like um, here's your code, here's a parking and Wi-Fi instructions, but they also um, had some AI built in. If a guest asked for um, like what's the, um, you know, what's the pet policy? Can I bring a dog? It'll take, it'll, that keyword, if they use a keyword like dog, cat or pet, then it'll automatically respond with the pet response. Like... You know, we don't do uh, vicious breed dogs. We, we can't allow them, but, or and nothing under 30 pounds or 50 pounds. And this is our pet fee. We charge a pet fee. Um, so it's not a deposit, it's just a fee. Um, but, um, and so also like, you know, any keyword. But so, but once I got the, the VA team on full time, I said, you know, maybe I don't need, I don't need that AI for those messages because they can just answer those questions. But now I'm going to bring it back, hospitable back, because, it, one of their um, um, features was sending a guest like um, 
if you have like sent like smart BNB or hospitable will say it'll recognize if you have you know one or more nights available before or after their reservation and it'll send them an automated message saying hey like if you're interested um, in coming a day early or staying a day late it's available and we can give you a discount let us know wait that's integrated in hospital yeah i mean it used to be okay i haven't used that since i stopped using it a while back but um, but that was awesome so you don't have to do you don't have to manually do that dude i have hospitable Mm -hmm. and i manually send that message so i feel pretty foolish now i'm gonna have to check that out check it out another blue gem bro another blue gem amazing so where are you funding and and finding your deals right because you've said that you're owning almost 20 doors now so how did you find all those units um so my the so the first um, three properties I bought were with traditional loans, right? Like, so in the beginning, I drove Uber 60 hours a week, Uber and Lyft, and I, and I had a carpet cleaning business. I would drive Uber in the morning, 5.30 a.m. I'd go into San Francisco for peak hours. I'd come home at lunch, clean a carpet for somebody. Wow. And, um, and then I was able to use, and then I was also managing a few Airbnbs. So that first guy, he eventually you know, gave me three, four, five more. I'm managing a few for him. And I have these three streams of income. So it's Airbnb management, um, taxi service or Uber and um, carpet cleaning. And, I, and as long as you have, you know, the same stream of income for two tax returns in a year, in, in a row, then you can use that on your, to, to buy, to get a mortgage, to qualify for a loan. So I used it and got, um, my first property was a duplex in the Bay area, really expensive. Um, and I had a long-term tenant who was stuck for life. Um, so I was able to, um, Airbnb the second unit. Um, and I didn't make that much profit, um, because it's the Bay area. It was expensive. It was like, kind of like a C minus neighborhood, but, um, but I got in the game. Right. And, and my first mentor was like, I don't really like the property. Right. So I had to just believe in myself. Right. I'm going to make this work. And, um, and a lot of people didn't like my first few choices, but I was like, I'm going to make them work. And, um, so, but that, you know, I look back now, that property, you know, was um, going up in value approximately 2,500 a month. Mm. But now when I recalculate it, it's went up uh, 4,000 a month because this wow. last couple of years was a lot higher. Wow. So Crazy. it went from 525 to um, 780 now. You know, oh, I bought wow. that in 2017. That was the first one. So I, I, the, a year later, I bought my, I found out about another market called Fresno, California, which is three hours south. And the Airbnb rates were the same of Richmond, California, where I was, my first property, but the home prices were half as much. Smart move. And that was, that was like big light bulb. Yeah, um, no brainer. Right. And then I bought my, I, then I built my first ADU behind that property. It was a detached garage that already had like a, a kitchenette built into it. So we just finished building it. It's a second unit. Um, by the way, like I first, with that ADU, I first started charging sixteen hundred a month. I put it on dynamic pricing. It went up to like forty two hundred and got booked. Wow. Yeah. Like I was happy at sixteen hundred. Yeah. You yeah. had no idea it was worth no, more. No idea about the supply and demand. Like it's everything. Um, Super smart. So that yeah. was the first three deals. And then you got n- uh, another seventeen. Right. Financing so, so, yeah. Or? So, so so the third one was um, another um, traditional property, which is my favorite now I, we call it the um kingyo which in japanese means goldfish house <laughs> so, so i lived in japan for three years oh really that's yeah. cool so, yeah so um my wife's japanese and my kids are half japanese very cool man yeah. i did not know that that's awesome the goldfish yeah. house love it because there was a goldfish pond in the backyard <laughs> um 
And um, so we built two ADUs there and we parked, we parked a travel trailer. We bought a travel, tra travel trailer because it already came with like the, the place to park it, the carport, the sewer, water, electric, everything hooked hook up already there. So I was just, just park it and uh, make money from it. So, and it's booked solid. Like um, it's a nice place. I, it's close Such enough to creative. the property. We got the yeah. Wi-Fi. It's close enough. We got the Wi-Fi extender in there. Is it themed out like around the goldfish theme or no, just the name? Just the name. Got yeah. it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's just my internal name. That's oh, not what I call oh, it. Yeah. I thought, yeah. thought you were branding it as, no, the, as the goldfish house. No, but, um, and then I was like, you know what this has, like, I felt like I like cracked the code to life and like wealth and like I can buy a house every year and like be financially free. But then I was like, but why stop here? Let me learn something else, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Let's go to the moon. One a year is nice, but you know. Well, why not right. 10? Yeah. Right, and so I said, you know, I've heard enough about this wholesale thing. Let me look for it. Let me look deeper into it. So I, um, you know, I said, you know, if I'm gonna learn about wholesale, let me do it in the city that I like, Fresno, not where I live, right? Where it's too expensive. So I went, I drove three hours to a wholesale meetup and um, it was a guy named Stratton Brown was doing it. and. Um, um, and I showed up there and I sat, sat next to a guy. I was talking about short-term rentals. His name was, I was like, what do you do? Oh, short-term rental. Oh, me too. His name was Kyle Stanley. And, um, you know, I found out he was the, uh, king of Airbnb in Fresno. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but, um, and then, you know, he was like, yeah, talk to Stratton about wholesaling. Um, he set me up on all the systems. He taught me how to do it. I, um, I was cold calling. I wasn't able to quite close deals. He, then he suggested, why don't you follow a guy called Pace Morby online? Like, look at him. So I followed him. He was had all this creative stuff going on. I said, I really like the sound of this. I joined his mentorship. And then I still wasn't able to close any of these deals by myself. Calling sellers, I was trying to do it. I paid VAs. We were buying lists and all this stuff wasn't quite working for me. But then um, other people started coming to me with deals. They were good at it. Hey, I got a deal. Let's partner on it. Okay, cool. So I was partnered on like five deals the first year, like 50-50 Airbnb deals. Um, you know, one in Atlanta with Buddy Raphael Roman, Rudy Barrera in Fresno. I mean, in Bakersfield, like that was a that was the one in Bakersfield was like a classic, uh, amazing sub to like Airbnb exit. Um, so other wholesalers, like they had talked about this deal and nobody wanted it. So it was the, the property was worth $325 and they owed $325. So there's no equity. And normal rent was the same as the mortgage, about $2,300. So nobody wanted it. And then the guy, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Let me see the pictures. Pool, hot tub, beautiful house, good neighborhood. We can make money. Like, yeah. And so zero cash <laughs> to seller. Yeah, zero cash to seller. We just, they just wanted to, like, the people had, it was a VA loan. They had refinanced, took all this money out bought new property in Oklahoma. They just wanted out and they didn't want, if, if they sold it with a real estate agent, they would have had to write a check yeah. to, to, for their commissions and fees. Yeah. So to avoid that, they just let us take over the mortgage sub two and we, and it needed very little work. We put in less than 20,000 to repair it and set it up, furnish it. I, I brought a U-Haul with my kids day to week, <laughs> setting it up. They were doing school from Zoom at that time. And- um, So cool. And we made all of that 20 grand back, you know, probably between six and nine months. And, um, and it's cash flowed ever since. Like we got, even somebody was like, hey, we want to rent this for six months. My husband works for the new Amazon facility. 
building it, um, sixty six hundred a month. Our mortgage is twenty three hundred. Um, so like we're cash flowing amazing, and like by the way, it like went up a hundred grand since since we got it. You know, yeah, beat that, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 100%. then and then another guy. Like so, I got into about four or five of these partnerships, right? Because I still I didn't even know how to buy deals from other guys. Like, how do you buy deals? Like, I say I want it, but I still like they weren't bringing them to me, but they would bring me these partnerships. And then one guy was like, we we split a house, we did do a condo, um, buddy Gerald Rojas, and um, and then we were this, he was like the same owner wants to sell us twelve more units, twelve more like condos and some and a few proper houses, and he was like, but he only wants to sell us four right now. We were going to do it together, but he was like, you know what? I'm moving to St. Louis, but if you want to buy them, you can just give me a $10,000 assignment fee and you can just buy them, Noah. I was wow. like, amazing. So I did that. So I bought four, it was three condos and a duplex. Um, and they were all owner finance, not sub two, but owner finance on 15 year amortized loans at about 2% interest. And um, so 15 years loan. So right now they are, they came with tenants in them, right? Long-term tenants. But even and but it was like basically they were lo- we were losing money every month. I just had to raise the rents, the normal rents, and now we're breaking even. So even in even if I left the long term tenants in in fifteen years when those loans are paid off, these properties total value is six hundred fifty thousand. So that means I have this six hundred fifty thousand of real estate free and clear when these are paid off in fifteen years. Yeah. But now I'm converting them all to short term rental as as the tenants move out. And, and finally, I got the first tenant moving out now, like in May. Congrats on that deal, man. Yeah. That's, that's Congratulations. Amazing. You scaled quickly, you know, from those first three deals all the way to like 10 from partnerships pretty quickly. Right. It's amazing. And then, um, and then since I hooked up with Munif just at the end of last year, um, it's even went like higher hockey stick, you know, because um, he has the deal flow, right? He like knows better how to work with wholesalers. He, he came to me and he said, look, I got a deal, a good opportunity. Let's partner on this Airbnb. And I have, you know, it's a creative deal with a small down payment. And I have someone who's able to lend us the down payment, lend us all the money we're going to need. I was like, how can I say no to that? Right. Right. And so we did the one. And then I thought it was going to be a one-time thing, but it wasn't. It was like, okay, we have another. Then I started like people who want, you know, who I had like in my network, opportunities were coming to me too. I have him talk to them. He's, he's, you know, he's helping raise the private money and find the deals. And then, so we, we ended up buying like six houses in six weeks. Wow. You know, and that was, um, so that's how the, the partnership with you and Munif developed, yeah. right? Just from one deal mm-hmm. within a mentorship, you guys, you know, found two things that the other person was good at and, and vice versa. And then it's been a partnership ever since. Right. And it makes me so relieved that I don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. I don't have to negotiate any of this stuff. Yeah. If we get an opportunity, um, I make sure it sounds like a good deal. Then they talk to money. Yeah. You know, very similar to Aiden and I, you know, partnerships, like, man, yeah, partnerships. It's the bread and butter of, of real estate. Yeah. There's, you know, the CRMs and, you know, you know, managing, figuring that out and then trying to track KPIs and dealing with all of like direct seller marketing, all that stuff. I don't want to do anything behind a computer. And this dude is incredible at all of that. So uh, yeah, partnerships, man. I think people um, sleep on, you know, the idea, but everyone that's having success is in some type of partnership to some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will quickly like um, run out of steam by yourself. Yeah. And also like, yeah, different people are good at different things. Like that's that's the most um, 
relieving thing for me is I don't have to be like, once I heard him, I was like, Oh crap. I have no reason to open my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, he's, he's the, he's the closer. Yeah. I, I'm starting to see you heavy, you know, on Instagram, you're, you're going to local meetups and you're documenting all this stuff. Um, how has social media and creating content helped and changed your business? Well, yeah, that's what, that's like the next frontier. And like, and I'm talking about it a lot now because opportunities are coming to me through social media, like literally, like literally, like, like private money and deals, right? They're coming to me from people who know and like me from social media that I haven't met yet in, you know, on the phone or in person yet. So that's why I'm like, wow, this is, this is real. Like I have to, you know, keep doubling down and getting into it more. Um, so that's it. That's the reason. And like, um, you know, we got into a deal just recently. We're going to close on a five unit um, property in South Dallas um, from a partnership from we, we were going to Dallas to speak at an event. Wow. You know, we were getting paid a little bit of money. We were probably going to break even, but just go there to have fun. And um, I think we actually lost a little bit of money, but like, <laughs> but like, but you had fun though. Yeah. We had fun. And then this lady, this amazing woman named Tracy Tran, like she was like, Hey, Monif, do you guys want to stay at my Airbnb? Like I have a, you know, you can stay when you're town. And like, you know, she had, um, she said she reached out to me a year before, but I didn't respond. Right. So that's why responding is important. Right. Yeah. But like, I just didn't notice or whatever, but like, um, she said, do you want to stay at my Airbnb? Monif said, sure. Now, normally I would have, if she would have asked me, I probably would have said, no, thank you. Cause I, you know, I look at Airbnbs as businesses and I don't, you know, I don't even sleep in my own. Sure. Right. Like I don't want to mess the flow up at all. I will go rent someone else's Airbnb. Yeah. Unless it's like vacant that night, you know, without blocking it, you know? Um, but anyhow, so we stayed there. We ended up like really hitting it off. And she's like, I have these like, opportunities that these wholesalers sent me let's go look at some so we went and looked at a five unit property and i was like i like it because she had a few airbnbs already that she's really doing good with in dallas like the one she let us stay in and she was setting up some other ones really cute really nice and so i was like okay and her partner is a contractor um and like he's explained like he you know he doesn't lose a dollar when he's doing his construction running his crew so i was like okay this is a good partner to have and like so we just were in contract to buy this property, right? This five units in Dallas. And I got the hard, I applied for the hard money with, with both of our LLCs on it. And, um, and we're going to partner. They're going to do all the rehab work. And then I even was like, let me get creative about where we were. Cause we still need the down payment, right? We're hard money provides us about, um, 80%. We still got to come up with about, you know, 150,000, including like setup or whatever. And then we're going to refinance it. But, I was like, you know, let me get, who, who should we ask for the money? That's uh, so we don't have to use our own money. And I was like, you know, let me ask, let's ask Pace. <laughs> let's ask Pace. So I, so I hit up Pace. I was like, hey, do you want to get it? Um, you know, you know, I told Monif, like, I told Pace about it, but I was like, let's, let's invite him on the deal, but he can be an equity partner. with us. And we're talking about Pace Morby just for the viewers, right? Pace Morby, Pace the creative Morby. guy that you're yeah. in the mentorship. Yeah, um, Pace Morby. And he was like, and I think, you know, he probably doesn't do a lot of those partnerships with his students but like he was sure. like yeah i like it let's do it so he's funding the deal incredible uh, that's congrats, amazing man yeah that's awesome power of proximity um, we talk about it all the time 
Man, um, this has been literally amazing. Um, as we're nearing the end of the show, um, Aiden, you want to pop off some of these uh, four questions that we, we love to ask our guests? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the first question for, for beginners, you know, what would be your advice for someone just starting off, you know, in the Airbnb game? A lot of people, I think, are um, interested in arbitrage right now because it's probably the easiest to get in. And I talk about like, um, and I think probably arbitrage is the easiest way. It's kind of like buying your way in, right? You don't have to buy a property. You don't have to, you know, for management, someone, you, you use zero money. So management is amazing too, because you, you use none of your own money, but somebody with the property has to trust you, sure. right? You need trust. So if you have someone in your life with a property and they trust you and like you, manage it for them, you know, offer them a discounted management fee and get started if and then if you have someone if you have a, enough money to you know arbitrage rent a property so my first arbitrage was one of my carpet cleaning clients i used to clean his carpets <laughs> and it took him one year to say yes wow i bumped into him at home depot he's like okay i'm ready consistency <laughs> is key man follow up 100 percent. yeah and then he did we did the one unit and then he saw how well we took care of it so six months later he's like i have another one Another one, another one. I ended up having five with them. Wow. And then I only made like three to 500 a month on those. But then those are small apartments. But then he had this big house available. And I was like, yeah, I know it'll be great. But then I got a little bit nervous. It's $3,500 a month rent, kind of in like a C minus neighborhood. But like, I know it'll make money. I was nervous, but I pushed through the fear. So that's one thing for new people is, when you're nervous, that's normal. If you're scared, that's very normal. You have to push through and move anyway, even if you're scared, because there's always going to be a new fear, right? no matter what level you're at. But, um, but I had butterflies. I was nervous. I had to come up with the first month rent deposit and then figure out how to spend all the money to furnish it from credit cards. And then I ended up making like 2000 a month profit on that one, though. Wow. So, so that was great. Awesome. Amazing. And then how do you go about selecting a market for, for Airbnb? So I actually, um, um, so really it depends. So if I'm going to use my own loan, my, my loan power, I will pick a city very like intentionally, like, like um, Fresno. It used to be Fresno, like my favorite market. So obviously the more units you have, more properties in one city, you have, you can, you're stronger there. You have your cleaners, you have your maintenance, you have a lot of, um, you know, resources in one city. So I would keep doubling down in Fresno, but now I think um, prices have risen so much in Fresno. Now I'll probably pick a city in Florida. I'm thinking that's next on my list is like Florida for sure. That's where um, we're at, man. Hit, hit us, us up, up man. Bro. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Atlanta was great, but now they, they have their, now their, their new licensing. Yeah, and the regulations are coming in. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So, so like I'm, I want to go to, um, you know, like Texas is awesome, but they have really high property taxes. So like I want to I want to get to Florida. If I'm going to use a loan, it's somewhere in Florida. Like I was looking at a property in West Palm Beach recently, which had amazing numbers. Um, yeah. So, um, but like you know, so I look at um, I look at AirDNA, but I also just look on Airbnb. Like how many properties are in the area? How many reviews do they have? You know, I look at um, you know AirDNA's um, best places to invest report. You know, I'll just look at it, but it's hard to make a decision because. There's so many places, so many opportunities. So really with, you know, with when what we're doing now, buying properties, we're, um, we're, we're buying it based on the deal. Like I look at, you know, the most important thing is the, the deal structure, buying a good deal rather than um, 
how well it's going to perform on Airbnb. Like if I'm going to use my own loan, because I can only get so many loans in my name, that's it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of hassle, then I'll really pick carefully. But like if an opportunity comes to me from some other state, like I'll still consider it, you know. Smart. Smart for sure. Good takeaways. And then why short-term rentals, right? There's so many different avenues of real estate, but what made you hone in on, on short-term rentals? Um, well, so it was just, it was the only, it was the only thing available to me. Like, and it just, it just spoke to me. Like I can do this, like I know how to do it. And, um, well, so now like I would never do anything else. Like, so I've learned like, you know, kind of growing up in California, working with property owners, like working with landlords and being a tenant all my life. Like I grew up as a tenant, like my family, we rented a house, you know, all my life. And like, and so, and, and a lot of my friends were renters, right? So I know this, there's this dynamic between renters and landlords. It's um, like, like this, it's not a good, um, it's not, I'm, I'm, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like. There's some animosity Animosity, there. that's yeah. the word. And it's yeah. like, this this horrible thing. And it's like, the tenants feel like, like I've been paying rent for 10 years. The owner owes me something. Yeah. And the owner's like, I've been giving them a dis discounted rent for all these years. They owe me something and they just don't like each other. Yeah. And the owners that I work with, they're like, never again will I put a long-term tenant in. They're like, Noah, please, I need you. Everything short-term going forward. Just because of the laws in California, right? The laws, it, it makes it um, very difficult for a, a landlord um, to, for example, evict a tenant right now. I have three evictions going on right now. Wow. I just had to give three retainers of 3000 a piece. That's crazy. Right? And, I'm, and, I'm, and I just hired an attorney to write me a really strong lease agreement for my short-term tenants who want to stay over 30 days. We're putting in all these things that will help me in case it comes to that. Because a tenant in California can say, you know what? Um, I can't pay rent anymore and I don't have anywhere else to go. So I'm just going to stay. And like... And then you have to start a court thing and it's harder and longer to get them out in California. And we had three, I have three non-paying um, tenants now that started at short term says that we want to rent a few months. And then like, you know, COVID rent relief, California COVID rent relief, the government was paying people's rent for them. Yeah. They just had to stop paying, but it just took a few months to get it going. Yeah. So it was very painful for the landlords. So like, um, anyhow, so I have a new lease agreement being written that says you're not allowed to like, um, have extra guests you're not allowed you have to follow the quiet hours you have to follow all these things like you're not allowed to move my furniture you're not allowed to change my code or um, touch my security cameras outside or or put your belongings in front of the house or have unregistered cars there that you know without written permission just so in case there's ever a problem like they stop paying rent it'll be easier to get them out super smart super smart and then where do you see yourself in the next five years where, where are you trying to go what do you need help with Oh man, I need help with everything. <laughs> Not, so my biggest challenge is management, right? It's like, it's like developing this team and, and figuring out like how many more people do I need for how many more properties that I'm managing? Like we're figuring it out as we go. I have a new um, um, operations managing partner um, from Israel named Edith. Nice. And she just like, she's been with me a couple of months now and she's been, um, She's very strong. She's like the iron fist of the business now. <laughs> you got to have one of those. Yeah. And she's like, like, she's like military grade type person. And she's making sure everybody is working hard in our business That's and so everybody's cool. working efficiently. And like, so she's like pushing me 
work, 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 and also everyone on our team. So yeah. like she's like so thank God for her. And um, so you know because that's like a machine. We have to keep that machine running so I can focus on bringing new clients, you know, bringing new relationships, buying deals, partnerships, social media, things that are fun. You know, we have to have this machine running smoothly so I can grow everything else. But like the social media, it's, it's fun. It's opportunity, you know, and then the, the deal flow. Like Manif, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about deal flow. Everything is deal flow. Oh, um, amazing. So we're going to wrap up. Uh, just one more thing that you can leave the audience. We call it the blue gym of the show, right? A blue gym is basically, you've heard like dropping knowledge or, mm -hmm. or dropping a gym, right? It can yeah. be any kind of informational, educational thing, anything you want to leave. It could be STR related, or it can just be about life. One thing for the audience. Um, so <clears throat> I would say, um, the one thing that I would, that I would say is, um, most people have hard time starting when they don't see the whole 10 steps ahead of them. So like make mistakes, go ahead, get started and make a mistake. Like I learned from my first mentor to make mistakes and not, not to learn to not do those, but no, make mistakes. So, so because you're focused on something bigger, you're focused on getting started, getting going. So don't worry. It's okay if you, you, you make mistakes along the way, because it's, it's uh, easier to correct as you go. You know? Yeah. So true. Take action. Take action. Leave I love forward. it. Yeah. Love it, man. Thank you so much. Brother, Thank you so much, Noah. Here. Appreciate man, it. it. Amazing. Really appreciate it. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby. Tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems.